passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. What is good, everybody out there in Inside Carolina land? We appreciate you joining us for another episode of the 40 Club. And I got a little bit of a curveball for you. See what I did there? I'm already talking baseball. I got a little bit of a curveball for you today in the 40 Club. You know, we've always talked about the 40 Club being about people that uh, went through Carolina and made that 40 year instead of four year decision. Well, right now, I got a guy that's on the guest list of the 40 Club. He didn't play at Carolina, but you know, he is just as much of a diehard Tar Heel fan as you're going to find. And he's also, to my knowledge, uh, one of the most decorated as far as hardware uh, people that we've had on this show so far. Today, I am joined by Chris Morris. You know him as a producer extraordinaire on InsideCarolina.com's radio show, Inside Carolina Live, that airs uh, between uh, sports seasons on WCHL and Chapel Hill. Glad to have Chris here. Chris, how you feeling, man? Great, man. Can't, can't tell you how excited I am to talk with uh, today's guest, uh, being both a, of course, fellow Tar Heel fan and a uh, former Baltimore Oriole. Go ahead and tip, uh, tip that hand a little bit here. Yeah, well, since you've uh, since you've <laughs> drawn back the veil a little bit on Charm City, we want to make sure we uh, make sure we give a little bit of love to our guy up at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. John and the folks up there are just doing great work. Listen, Jimmy's Famous Seafood is a staple here in my house in Durham, North Carolina. Once I turned my wife onto their uh, colossal crab cakes, we probably do it at least once a month. Ordered it for Mother's Day for my mom because she's a big seafood honk and. Jimmy's Famous does it better than anyone. You're like, well, Joey, how do we get Jimmy's Famous? They're all the way up in, in Balmer. How do we get? Well, Jimmy's delivers to you, and they have fabulous second-day air shipping. Get it to you cold-packed. Everything's still fresh. It's absolutely amazing. They've actually got, and you're not going to believe this, crab egg rolls. And you're going to look at me cross-eyed when I say that, but I'm telling you they are the truth. Uh, yesterday was actually this week, I think, was uh, National Egg Roll Day. And Jimmy's Famous does egg rolls with crab meat inside of them. And it's just absolutely better than anything you've ever put in your mouth before. I promise you that. Hit up Jimmy's Famous Seafood at jimmysfamousseafood.com. Our, our guest is, is having a moment with Jesus because he's thinking about uh, Jimmy's Famous back home in Balmer. But uh, hit up jimmysfamousseafood.com. Uh, listeners to this podcast will get a special break on your shipping. If you use the code G-D-T-B-A-T-H, great day to be a Tar Heel, G-D-T-B-A-T-H. Use that at checkout and get a special deal from our friends, our peeps, our mains up there at Jimmy's Famous. So shout out to them for sponsoring this episode of the 40 Club here on InsideCarolina.com. And with all that aside, 
I want to bring in fresh off of a 4-0 win over Hiroshima with the Oryx Buffaloes, Adam Jones, AJ-10. Listen, y'all, you, you know him as a five-time All-Star in Major League Baseball, four-time Gold Glover. Dude has won the Silver Slugger Award. Uh, as, as Chris will tell you, he is probably the most beloved Oriole this side of Cal Ripken. Uh, and that says a lot if you know anything about Orioles baseball. Adam Jones. Adam, how you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, man. I got no complaints, but you, you mentioned Jimmy Seafood and uh, just they've I, I just reach out to them on just randomly in the offseason because my wife's obviously from Baltimore and she's like, oh, I just want a crab cake. And I just text them. <laughs> and they're like, just two, two, two days. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. And, I'm, and then we broil them and I'm just, oh, oh, tartar sauce. And you know, I'm just, I, I'm I'm right now I'm in awe. I, I I want a crab cake. They don't have they don't make crab cakes here in Japan. I mean, I guess a, there's a plethora of crab and all kind of different seafood, but the, the crab cake is not part of their uh, repertoire. And, uh, just a golden brown crab cake right now. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. If who couldn't eat a crab cake this second? This second? No, you're you're, you're spot think, on. Maybe I five. Can- what if I took two crab cakes and put a small <laughs> crab cake in the middle and made a crab cake sandwich out of crab cakes as bread and as the center? <laughs> That's inception, right? Add some hot sauce to it. I'm, I'm gone game. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not going to lie. That old Bay hot sauce that, uh, that you can get is actually top notch on a crab cake. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay, I've not tried to, I've not tried it yet, but I got to make sure that I get that from my wife. Cause she, Oh, I need obey. I need obey. Cause I mean, you're from Baltimore. You just eat Obey. And Everything is that like you put Obey on cereal. I, I get it. Now, don't do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but I get it. I get it. I 100% get it. And it is good. I, I got no complaints. It is a good seasoning. Yeah, man. The Obey hot sauce is, is also where it's at. So, Adam, listen, you are kind enough to take time out of your evening. Like I said, fresh off of a win against Hiroshima with the Oryx Buffaloes in Japan. Uh, I appreciate you joining us. I mean, a 13 hour time difference just goes to show that um, this Tar Heel universe is indeed a global phenomenon. First thing I want to ask you, Adam, is, is how does how is playing ball in Japan treating you? I mean, what's what's it like? What's the difference in, in here versus uh, versus when you were playing in, in MLB? Like, help me understand for our listeners and for our viewers, like what's what's playing ball like over in Japan? Well, first off, it's amazing in terms of the experience that one can garner by playing overseas. I'm fortunate enough and, and not many players, especially with the COVID protocols and the COVID era that we're living in right now. I'm one of the few players that actually has their families over here. And my wife and kids are here. My kid is, my kids are going to school here, learning Japanese. You know, I get all kinds of uh, emails every day about them in school, learning different phrases in Japanese. And I'm like, I don't even know that. You know what I mean? And, and, and like, I think the experience is, is is something that I couldn't pay for. Most guys come to Japan, Korea, Taiwan to make their money. And like, say, if you are a fringe player, if you are, uh, you know, a fringe to major league AAA guy, kind of guy like Dennis Arfarte, he's a guy, Chris, I'm sure you know of, of him very well. He came over here and has been over here for 11 years now. He's, 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 he's in there, in there entering his retirement because he had a bad hip. But he came over here and, and made himself $35, $40 million. Like, like, 
you know, Vladimir Ballantine, Jose Lopez. There's so many American guys or, or just foreign guys, I should say, because they just classify everybody as foreign over here that, uh, that, that came over here and they made their livings. Me, I'm coming over here as a different age. I'm coming over as I came over here as a 34 year old. I've already made my money. I'm already financially secure in that in that realm. But the experience and the just the opportunity, you know, me and my wife, we love to travel. Obviously, if you follow my Instagram, you see that we're all over every place in the offseason, especially the last five years. And just I just couldn't pass up this opportunity. The game of the, the style of game is different. Uh, they play more of the 70s, 80s style. They bunt. Mm. They bunt. Yeah, they bunt. And I, so and a lot I, of station to station a, manufactured I, stuff? I, I have not seen a first inning bunt maybe since I was in high school watching the Padres, <laughs> wow. like, like they, they bunt here. Like it's, it, they, they play small ball and their potential with this style of play is they're not, you know, they're not looking for the home run every time. There's a couple of guys in the lineup that can hit a home run here. And I tell them all the time that in America, one through nine is trying to take you deep here, three, four, five. Okay. They'll, they'll try and jump you. Everybody else is trying to put the ball in play and they're contact hitters. These hand, the hand and eye coordination is something I've never seen before in my life. And um, to just be able to experience it and uh, share it with my family, my wife and kids is beyond because uh, me personally, I have not gotten off to the greatest start, but that is not taken away from me still being a positive influence and still trying to help out the other guys because you know they always say oh you good mlb player you've had a good career over there and i tell them I, like that's great but i'm here now so i'm just trying to uh give back my knowledge give back my energy to the game i'm not the player i was i don't have the same speed the power all that stuff but that comes with age but at the same time i still have the same mindset and the same passion for the game and um when i was coming into the game you had a lot of guys that we're still 36, 37, 38 that passed on that knowledge. And I think that, you know, I'm, I've assumed that role and a lot of guys have gravitated towards me for just information. And uh, that I think, you know, that I think encapsulate all those things. I think it's just been great, a great experience. That's awesome. Uh, well, Adam, let me ask you kind of a uh, good Joe. No, I was, I was, I want to make sure you were catching up too. Sorry. Adam, I just wanted to ask you, you kind of talked about, you know, the difference, you know, the fact they do play small ball in Japan and that, you know, it's more about manufacturing runs, getting guys on base. One of the criticisms right now with MLB, uh, you know, I hear it from, you know, fans all the time about, well, it's either a home run or a strikeout. It's a home run or a strikeout. Everybody's, like you said, trying to go yard, you know, one through nine. Yeah, for your personal opinion, what, I mean, which style of baseball do you prefer? I mean, which, which is more fun, more entertaining for you? Being an offensive center fielder, um, I mean, I love offense. Um, but at the same time, I love winning. 12 through 16, when we finally jumped that bridge and we became a, a winning organization after such a, a long time of not winning, like we did all the dirty work to win. All the dirty work. That means that what that means, though, is that you had guys that stripped their own egos for the greater good of the team. It wasn't about, oh, man, I, I need I need I need that RBI. I need to be hidden. You know, I need I need I need I, I, I need. No, it was more we need. And, you know, the guys that we had, when you, you, you put together a team with Mark Kakis, J.J. Hardy, myself, Weeders, um, 
those those were the leaders at the time. And then you add Nick Johnson's, you had Kelly Johnson, you had uh, then you then we had uh, obviously we had the superstar with the, with Machado, and then you added the superstar with with uh, Cruz. You had um, Jace Petersons, you had Trumbos to the world. Like these are guys that understand the game, but at the same time understand winning. And you know, with, when Cruz came over there in '14, he's been to two World Series. He lost two World Series. He's obviously he wants he he he's frustrated that he didn't get his chance to win it, but he also knows how to get there. And our team played so selfless through those five years span that we were we were the winningest team in American League for a reason. Now we didn't win the we didn't uh, win a World Series, and Edmonton, the World Series is an anomaly. It's very hard to win. You know, flip a coin, thirty teams. There's only there's only going to be four or five teams that are going to win that that have an opportunity to win it. But we played selfless baseball, and you know now with how there's so much money divulged into analytics, and every time I watch ESPN broadcast, oh, uh, it's about launch angle, exit velocity. Who cares about that? Like, seriously, <laughs> if you get a base hit with two outs and you score two runs and you get jammed and the ball falls over the first baseman's head, do you give a rat's ass about exit <laughs> velocity? Seriously. But, Amen. If, but then if you, cru- if you crush a ball to shortstop, you hit the ball hard. Do you – oh, it's one fifteen off the bat. You're out. Who gives it? And now I said <laughs> – I've always said this. A great swing is a swing that results in a hit. Not a great swing. And, and I said, I hate this statement every single time I've heard it. And I've, I've said, kiss my go to hell oh, many, many times to my teammates. And they're like, oh, damn, you're a prick. But you, you hit a ball hard. Oh, good swing. It wasn't good enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. A, a good swing results in a base hit. And, uh, you know, the game has changed. You know, they don't, they, they, they devalue certain things. Singles are not valued like they would like they were. Tell that to Tony Gwynn, R.I.P. Tell that to Rod Carew. Tell that to Ricky Henderson. Tell that to uh, so many, so many guys who were uh, single hitters. They got on base, scored a lot of runs because at the end of the day, if you get on base, you generate something. And uh, and the game is changing in a different way. But at the same time, you know, you see, uh, you, you got a lot. There's so much, so much talent. And I think that I think that it's going to switch back into the you know more contact type game i hope because um this this swinging and missing and it's, again you have high velocity guys yeah i mean guys are just sitting out there everybody out of every bullpen is 95 plus with and they throw 50 50 sliders and off speed and all kind of junk but the wear and tear on the pitchers is terrible i look at the dl right now il i'm sorry and Every other day, there's six or seven people. It's like football yeah. right now. It's like so many people are getting hurt. And I'm like, like you guys don't preserve themselves because people don't do what they used to do. People don't do the, the running of the poles like they used to. People don't do the, you know, in spring training. Remember when you watch the spring training game, you see the guys running the poles on the field, all that kind of stuff. They don't do that. They go inside, they ride the bike. It's not the same. It's not the same. And it's just it's just a different era of, of, of baseball. But I hope it gets back to it because uh, as a baseball fan first, you know, I loved watching the Padres through 96 through uh, 2003 was my, was 
were my passion years of being able to watch the game before I ended up getting drafted. And they played, they did all the dirty work. You know, when they won in 96, they had some power with Caminetti and, and, and Joyner. Tony Gwynn, obviously the, the epitome of contact. The guy struck out three times in a game once. I might do that tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know I mean, it's, it, it's just the game has shifted and, you know, and I get it, big power, big home runs, big reward. But at the same time, play the game, put the ball in play. The first two strikes are yours. After, once you get two strikes, choke up, strip your ego, and put the ball in play. And I learned that a long time ago when I was with the Mariners. They taught me how to really play the game. And still to this day, once I get two strikes, I still choke up. Because I understand that, you know, okay, the first two strikes are mine, but this third strike is the team's. Strip your ego and play the game. Put the ball in play. Now you're still going to strike out. That's just part of the game. Pitchers are nasty. But at the same time, if you if you cut your stride down, choke up a little bit, and just try to put the ball in play, things can happen because people are imperfect. A ground ball is way easier to catch than a fly ball. I can tell you that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Adam, I want to take you back to you know, a little bit ago. You were running down. You were taking me back in time a little bit as an Oriole fan to our last great run with that lineup you were running down with you and Marcakis and JJ and Weeders and all those guys. Uh, one name that you didn't mention, but I want to ask you about, you talk about doing the dirty work. Things turned around for the Orioles whenever Buck Showalter came in as the manager. Yeah, how much Very of an true. effect did Buck have on your game personally and the entire team? Um, I think Buck's biggest impact, uh, obviously it was a new generation. And it, you know, it wasn't the nineties, you know, you just, you, you just can't sit there and yell at the players and, you know, and give them a mean stare. You're in a different era, a different era of ball players. Um, I think Buck's biggest impact was accountability. And I've always said that. And, you know, he, he always said, look, it, you're going to fail. That's the name of the game. I mean, what can you do at, at 30% rate and, and still have your job? I can't think of anything besides baseball. And, you know, he said you're going to fail. But the thing was, is he always counted on the preparation. If you were prepared, you're going to make errors. Physical, physical things happen. You know, the balls hit hard. You get a middle hop. You, you, you know, you're facing somebody. You face a baton test. You face a Chapman. You know, you face Sale that day. Sale, if, you know, we face Sale many times. And Sale's going to get his 12. Just is what it is. But you can battle. You know, you can figure out ways to battle. And the mental side of the game is where I think Buck added to not just the players, but the organization. I think everybody was held accountable and just didn't just go through the motions. Buck did, Buck, one thing Buck never did is just go through the motions. Let's just go through the motions. He always said that, you know, hey, look, it, hey, it doesn't matter. It, hey, grind, grind this guy out. You know what I mean? We, we're, we're facing we're facing sale. We're facing uh, an ace on another team. Hey, grind him out. Grind, try and try and get him out the game if you can early. Go and if you can get him 100 pitches, in, you know, in the sixth, seventh inning, maybe fifth, sixth inning, grind him out, get into that bullpen. And I think one thing I think our our, our greatest accomplishment was the 14 playoffs where we faced uh, Scherzer, Verlander, and Price, the the last three um, uh, the last three Cy Young winners. Mm -hmm. And what we did each game against them is we grinded them out. We fouled balls off. We grinded them out. And then once we got into the bullpen, okay, now we now we figure out, okay, look, we got the weak spot. And that's all Buck was about. Buck was about grinding it out. It wasn't about like, look, let's be pitcher perfect. Let's sit there and wear our ties this way. No, 
it's it's a nasty game. Play the game. Play the game hard. Play it right. Grind, grind, grind. And um, that's one thing I got out of him. And you know, when when he first took the job, and he, I remember he coming to me and said, "Look, it, play your game. Play the game. Play the game hard. All I want you to do, play your game and play the game hard. You ain't got to tell me nothing else. You know what I mean? You ain't got to tell me nothing else. It's just like when uh, when." Um, Dave Trembley told me in 2008, the second day in spring training, said, this is your job to lose. You ain't got to tell me nothing. <laughs> I'm 22 years old. <laughs> this is my job? What? Okay. <laughs> you got it. I took, the, I took the reins. You know what I mean? And that's what that's the biggest impact that I think Buck had is, is just take accountability for your game. Like, not everybody is this player. Not everybody's this player. Not everybody is said player. Play your style and do what you do best. You know what I mean? And we always had meetings at the beginning of the season is, Bring and it's, if you talk to Buck, he's always said this: bring what you bring. Just bring what you bring. If you're a grinder, grind it out. If you're a speed guy, run. Use your legs. If you're a power guy, try and drive the ball. But overall, play the game hard. Play the game in the right way. Play it smart. And as you see, those those you know, obviously the 12 to 16 years, which are our heydays, we played great defense. We were smart. We yeah, uh, you know, we grinded it out, and that was we 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 had the most wins, most most one run wins during that span because we played the game hard and played it smart. Absolutely, no question about that. And yeah, Adam, obviously, you've always been uh, very vocal on Twitter. You're one of my favorite Twitter followers of all time, Thank by you. the way. And uh, you. you 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 would often mention your love for Carolina basketball, but being up there in Maryland for so many years, spending ten years with the Orioles, you know, you got a lot of bleed over, obviously with Maryland basketball fans and Oriole fans as well. There's a lot of crossover in those fan bases. So much. Did, did, did it ever lead to any uh, gentle razzing from Oriole fans, your love for uh, for the Tar Heels? Obviously, you have in common the hatred of that school over in Durham, but uh, North Carolina isn't high on Terrapin fans list usually either. So was there ever any uh, razzing from uh, Oriole fans toward you about your love for Tar Heel basketball? I mean, I, whenever I posted anything about North Carolina basketball, you know, you get you get some guys like, oh, well, you should follow this. Well, at the end of the day, I should be following San Diego State basketball. Then, if that's what I <laughs> right, right. If, they, if that's what I should be doing, right? If you you should be doing this, and you know, like I said, my biggest memory and what made me love Carolina basketball is in '95, Jerry Stackhouse going under the rim and dunking. <laughs> okay I, it's, it's a vivid memory in my in my soul it's one of the first sports memories like that i can just remember and i and i sat there i remember i was watching the game with my older brother and i'm just like oh my <laughs> and since then and like seriously since that moment i've loved north carolina basketball and like i go back to the egg holder shaman williams adam okalijah days you know what i mean it's not just like oh well i just want to be on the vince carter train i just want to be on you know, the, the new train of the new guys. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm late nineties, uh, North Carolina fan. You know what I mean? And, you know, I got to see uh, three championships. I think in my era, I got to see one of the last games of Dean Smith. I got to see Brad Doherty coach, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Now he's doing NASCAR sometimes. So <laughs> like I, I, I'm a North Carolina basketball fan and, you know, one of my biggest, uh, things on a bucket list is getting out to North Carolina. Get, I, I've been to Durham. I've been to Duke. I went with Dick Vitale in, uh, in spring training a couple of years ago and I seen them play for the state and I'm sitting there like it was great to be a Duke. It was great to be uh, meet Coach K. 
but it was still something in me that's like, this ain't Chapel Hill. <laughs> Dude, but yeah, I respect, I respect it. I respect it and I love it, but this ain't Chapel Hill. So, you know, something deep inside me is like, you know, I want to go eight miles away from this and go to go to a real basketball gym. You know, I mean, this place right here, my high school gym is bigger than this. I want to go to a real basketball gym. But I respected, you know, I respected the 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 craft that Coach K and the Duke and the Dukies have. But you know, I, I just wanted I wanted to get up to that 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 Chapel Hill, and it, it didn't work with Dick Vitale's uh, schedule that that year, um, but. I'm going to get there. I guarantee you that I'm going to get there. We'll uh, we'll definitely have to do what we can to help shepherd that. And look, you just you you just proved your medal by checking a lot of the boxes uh, in true uh, UNC fandom by calling it a high school gym, and you dropped Dukies in there. So I mean, your your credentials are already <laughs> bona fide as far as Chris and I are concerned. So that was one of my biggest questions: was how does a guy from SoCal become a Tar Heel fan? And then you immediately the fact that you were so uh, so easy in telling the story about Stackhouse's dunk in 95. So tell me about some of the other Carolina players that have really kind of just captured your fandom. Like what what other guys have you seen play in that, in that light blue uniform that, that you really just kind of uh, kind of gravitated towards? Well, obviously Vince Carter. Uh, I mean, his high-flying heroics. Um, I, I mean, it was just a, a dream getting able to watch him play uh, with with Antoine Jamison, uh, Brendan Hayward. That that team was just just phenomenal. And then after that, you got Tyler Hansborough. And um, it's crazy is uh, I got to hang out with Jawad Williams uh, mm-hmm. a couple months ago out here in Japan. And uh, we were able to have a couple of drinks and just just talk Carolina basketball. And and I know he like, you know, we we're similar age. And I just I, I just had too many questions. Like, how, how is it? What's the merch like? What you guys get? Do you still get the hookups? What do you get? How was it working? How was it coaching? How was it working with Royce Williams? How was this? And, you know, even, and he just said, like, look, it, you're an accomplished baseball player, like, but you asking me more questions than somebody in your shoes should be asking. I'm like, I'm a fan of North Carolina basketball. I don't, even, <laughs> I don't care what I've done. I want to know what what's going on with North Carolina basketball. You know what I mean? And you know, and, and still to this day, I still watch what's going on right now, and I still watch the ladies. You know, and um, I just, you know, it's just for some reason, it's just it's just a passion. When I see that light blue, that powder blue, it's it's uh, that's Carolina blue. I'm sorry, powder blue is a different color. Carolina blue. It's just uh, it's just something that. I just I have to watch the game. It doesn't matter who they're playing. When I see them on ESPN or anything, I just have to stop and I have to watch that entire game because it's it's a place that I feel myself being. You know, obviously I didn't go there, but I just feel myself being there. And you know, I'm good friends with Andrew Miller. And you know, when I whenever we got to play each other, we played with each other in 2014, and I just asked him North Carolina questions. Like, <laughs> like you had North Carolina, like. How is it, man? What? Yeah, North Carolina? Come on, man. How is it there? You know, and it's just something that's just been a, been a passion of mine. And throughout the years, I've just followed them. I've followed the basketball. Not as much the other sports, but uh, I definitely follow the uh, the basketball aspect of North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. I need to give a shout out to our friends at Johnny T-Shirt, which Adam, I'm sure – 
when he makes his first voyage to Chapel Hill, we'll make a stop at Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street because you talk about all the gear, you talk about all the merch. Johnny T-Shirt is where you need to go. Also, yes, something else I saw is really neat. They actually have, since vacation season is coming up, they actually have a beach towel that has all of the famous Chapel Hill bars on it, which, you know, the beach, towels, boozing, bars. There's a huge circle of connection there. A nice flow, good connectivity if you believe in that kind of stuff. Check that out. Make sure you hit them up. And they've also got brand new, just in, the new Nike football uh, coaches polos that you will see the football coaching staff wearing this fall when they grace the sidelines at King Stadium. So all that stuff is available to you at Johnny T-Shirt. As you know, Inside Carolina subscribers get an extra 10% off the top. So make sure you check them out. JohnnyT-Shirt.com on Franklin Street. Owned and operated by Tar Heel alumni. Be sure to show them the love that they have shown to Inside Carolina by bringing us this content. Take a quick break. Let some of the national guys drop some ads in here. We'll be right back talking with Adam Jones, the first gold glover that we've ever had on the 40 Club. Sit tight. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. All right, y'all, thanks for sticking around to this episode of InsideCarolina.com's The 40 Club. We got a man on the guest list tonight, Adam Jones. Uh, like I said, first first gold glover to ever grace The 40 Club. So this is, this is broadening our scope and broadening our audience and our reach and really flexing our muscle by way of his accomplishments and accolades. Adam was telling us about some of his fandom and, and how he's been able to interact with other Tar Heels through his career. That's led him a lot of places. You talked about playing with Andrew Miller. I got to ask, are there other Tar Heel fans that we might not know about? So guys that maybe didn't play in Chapel Hill or guys that you've come across in your career that you found out were also Carolina fans that you were like, oh, well, that that. And then all of a sudden you've got a bond with them. Is there anybody that you might that might surprise us that you might have come across that that also share the love for the, the Carolina Blue? I mean, not 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 really. Because once I got drafted and started playing pro ball, um, you had got a lot of guys from, you know, their own certain regions of the United States. Mm -hmm. And then you had the college guys who, you know, just kept talking about their universities, play with guys from Indiana University. And, you know, obviously such a prestigious university there with basketball and just hearing Bobby, some Bobby Knight stories. And I'm like, okay, cool. North Carolina. <laughs> um and then, uh, you know, and, and I just played with, I think the regions in which I played and the guys in which I played with, they had their own, had their own loves. Uh, and then when I, once I got to Baltimore, don't, don't, don't mention UNC basketball. Don't right. mention Duke basketball. Like you just, it's just don't, I mean, you can mention anybody else, but don't mention those two guys. And me, I'm sitting there like, Oh, why? Because they winners. Oh, you don't like them because they're winners. <laughs> 
Well, Adam, uh, one thing you you talk about your time in Baltimore. You know, I want to. Yeah, you don't like them because they're winners. The fool. I hate JJ Reddick. But oh, I'm sorry. I, my my internet lagged there. No worries. If you're gonna go on an I hate JJ Reddick diatribe, you go right ahead. We're not we're not gonna slow you down on that. <laughs> I mean, I say again, it's. Um, I think being a professional athlete, you know, you appreciate and respect every different, uh, every different athlete. You know, like I said, I respect the Duke guys. I respect the Maryland guys. I respect, you know, obviously I, I just, I respect the guys because I understand how hard it is to make it to the pinnacle of what they made. it. Even if you make it to D1 playing, you know, playing for a prestigious school like North Carolina, Maryland, Virginia, Duke, Indiana, Kentucky. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, these schools, it, it's prestigious, especially when you really go into the numbers and, uh, and see, that not many people get to make it. So I really respect them and I respect all the guys. But since I didn't go and walk on campus and be able to uh, be able to, you know, attend classes and go to the games, it's like it's I love the the the, the team, but it's not it's a different love besides uh, then I think being able to have that like diploma from the school and you know, it, it, the reach that I think North Carolina basketball has, is just ridiculous. And, you know, like I said, I've never, I haven't really had too many arguments about it because, you know, guys have their own, you know, their own uh, alma maters that they like to like. And, you know, me, I'm obviously from San Diego. We've had some good teams since for San Diego State, but I like North Carolina basketball and I, and I still uh, gloat about it to this day. And when they beat somebody, I wear them out. And, North Carolina won me the uh, clubhouse does the, uh, the NCAA tournament trophies, the pools and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And they won me the tournament. Uh, was it 2014, 2015? When was the last national championship? 17. Se- 17. Was it 17? Oh, nine. It would have been oh nine or 17. It was 17 then. Yeah. They won, they won me the championship. And uh, I remember Darren O'Day was like, you know, he, he's a university of Florida guy. And he's like, Oh yeah, I'll go to the, um, I'll, I'll, I'll get your cashier's check for it. And I looked at him and said, I don't know cashier's check. We're making too much money in this clubhouse. Oh, my shit in cash. And a couple of days later, he had, me, he had my money in cash. So, you know, I, it just was, I think that, I think that's the best part of the, of, of playing baseball too, with these guys is the NCAA tournament. Cause you have so many walks of life yeah. uh, in so many colleges, even if it's, even if it's not the biggest colleges, it's just, you got guys to, in that clubhouse of, you know, spring trains of 65, 70 guys that uh, went to just some, some random colleges, some big colleges, but you just have guys in there that's just love, uh, love the schools and love the representations. And then when you got money on the line, that even adds a different <laughs> uh, aspect to it. But I remember UNC brought home the gold. That's strong. Very nice. Uh, Adam, I, I want to take it back to your time in Baltimore one time. So we, we kind of start to wrap things up with you here. Um, obviously, you know, as, as yeah. you're, you're still playing, maybe you haven't had a chance to reflect on this. But when Joey t- you told me that we're going to have this opportunity to talk to you, and I, I said to him, I was like, you know, I, I jumped at this opportunity to, to speak with you today as a lifelong Orioles fan. And I told Joey this. I said, Adam, along with Nick Marcakis, are probably the two most beloved Orioles of this century uh, among Baltimore Oriole fans. 
uh, yeah, as you move along in your career, have you really had an opportunity to kind of start to reflect on your legacy? You know, not not just in Baltimore because you spent time obviously with the Mariners and the Diamondbacks as well, but you know, particularly so many years in Baltimore. Have you had an opportunity to kind of start reflecting on your legacy and and what your time in Baltimore meant, not only to you but to the organization and that fan base? I think in the last maybe few months, I think it started because you know the realization that maybe this year could be my last year, maybe next year, maybe like how many more years do I want to put on my body? You know what I mean? I got young kids. I want to be able to experience a lot of things with them. I want to travel with my wife. I want to be able to do so, so many different things. And I think that over the last few months when I, you know, I've had time to, to dwell on in a, in a good way, dwell on, on, on my career in Baltimore. Obviously Seattle was, Seattle was my, you know, my cup of tea, my Starbucks, you know what I mean? I was able to get myself a venti and, you know, and add extra sugar. <laughs> and uh, then I get to Baltimore, you know I mean? I, I got to understand. I like my coffee black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to, I got to, you know, ride on a, on a, on a career train that, that is, that has blessed me, myself, blessed my family. Uh, you know, obviously blessed many, many fans. And it's just, again, it's not just myself. You had, again, you mentioned Marquecas, who's such a staple, Brian. And Roberts, uh, I got to I got to play with some guys that are just absolutely gems, and not just on the field as as humans. One of the biggest lessons I've learned is is from Marquez, a guy who's made a lot of money, but if you looked at him on a daily basis, you wouldn't think he made two nickels rubbed together. You know what I mean? And that's what I I, I really enjoyed because he's like, oh, like I, I don't care about spending my money on this material stuff. My wife wants it. That's cool. But myself, I just want to just just be relaxed and live life and hunt and, you know, have nice, simple things. And uh, but I think over the last few few months, I've got to reflect on that. You know, I, I did a lot of I did a lot of great. I did a lot of that's that that's generational and um you know, I, I tend, I owe it to my, my teammates who push me every day. I owe it to the clubhouse guys who are from Baltimore uh, that, you know, like, you know, when we win, they're juiced. Mm-hmm. When we lose, they're like, they take it personal because they're from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They want to see this team succeed. Uh, the fans, especially when social media started, that really took a, took a, a respect to the fact that, you know, you go out there and play the game hard. You know, and, and again, Baltimore's had some great center fielders, and it's not just me. You, you know, you go back to before myself, you had Corey Patterson, you got Brady Anderson, Mike Devereaux, uh, Bombry, and I think still to this day the greatest, especially on the defensive side, Paul Blair. And like, it, it, like there's a historic factor in being great center fielders in Baltimore. And you know, I took I took personal to that. I took you know when it, once we hired Brady Anderson. He comes in every day and he's bringing his passion, bringing his love. And, you know, you want to play hard for these guys. And, you know, I think in the last couple of months, obviously, I've just been thinking this, you know, if this is my last year, uh, you know, what I've done, not just on the field, but off the field, has been generational. And, you know, with, with how you, if you watch baseball today, you have a lot of guys a lot of options, a lot of guys get called up, sent down, called up, sent down, called up, sent down, DF8. And, you know, and for me to play 11 straight years, hit the DL one time, I was on the DL one time in 11 years. Uh, it, it's just something that is, uh, that, that, that just stands out to me. It's eye popping. And I got kids, my kids right now, they're like, 
well, daddy, you're not as fast. You know, you couldn't do this. They're seeing me on my, they're seeing me on my last legs. And I just show them video like, hey, I did some special things, okay? And um, it, it's cool to be able to share, share your career with them. And then, you know, obviously I get a lot of uh, tweets and posts and remarks and comments from fans in Baltimore still to this day. And it just shows that my impact was just, was bigger than baseball. It was uh, community. It was family. And uh, that that those those are kind of things that will always stick with me, no matter how things turn out. If you know if this is my last year, if next year, if I try to hang on, whatever. Uh, Baltimore will always have a special place in my heart because obviously my wife's from there. But I, I played eleven years there. That that Baltimore, I grew up there personally. I grew as a man, as a as a husband, as a as a father. I grew up in Baltimore, and uh, you know I got to learn to like crab cakes. I still don't like the crabs because I still think it's too much work. It is a lot of work. Little, it is a lot of who wants to yell at me for that? But <laughs> I like I, 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 for for just a little bit. But I still like I still like the crab cakes. And uh, I, I I just had I've, I've made some some absolutely marvelous friends that are lifelong friends that are from Baltimore. And uh, it's just it's just a, a special place in my heart and always will be. Well, we certainly appreciate you kind of, that's, that's a really good way and a good segue to try to wrap our episode today. We appreciate you taking some time to kind of put your career in perspective. And it's not really an easy topic for a lot of people, but we definitely had a lot of fun today talking with, uh, with Adam Jones. If you want to hit him up on Twitter, at simplyaj10, uh, the man's everywhere. You can also find him on Instagram. Make sure to follow him. But hey, Tar Heel fans now are probably, you're probably going to get a lot of influx of, of followers now that, now that they know you're also a, a big fan of Carolina Blue and uh, ha- have had a chance to expose that fandom to our subscribers and our readers and inside Carolina. But, Adam, we appreciate it, man. Best of you and your family. I hope that the rest of the season takes care of you. And, look, when you get back stateside, uh, you know, keep us in the loop, and we'll see what we can do about facilitating getting you to a, to a game sometime soon. Oh, for sure. And uh, anybody that has the plug on the uh, Carolina – blue anything and i'm saying you know i'm talking about the jordans reach out to me uh, i ain't I'm, I'm not i ain't got the money to pay crazy crazy astronomical prices as i'm smart but at the same time that carolina blues those shoes are just absolutely beautiful so you are intrigued out. y'all let, let the man know if we've got any sneakerheads watching or listening today let the man know because he, he might be in the market but adam jones we appreciate it for chris morris i know he's he's brought the the oriole knowledge today to to make this episode of the 40 club a strong one special shout out to jimmy's famous seafood special shout out to johnny t-shirt we appreciate both of those businesses and what they do for inside carolina but for Chris Morris, for Adam Jones, all the way over in Japan. We appreciate it. Appreciate you guys listening to us. Make sure you rate, review us, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff so this comes directly to your devices. You get good content like this on the ready. But I'm just Joey Powell, and I appreciate you guys spending time with us today on Inside Carolina. In this episode of The 40 Club, we'll talk at you next time. Late. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. 
Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.